0: This is episode 194 of IDRA Class Notes. So when you're thinking about the teacher, on the teacher's side, having that pedagogy of care, where you're able to support students in multiple ways and advocating for your students and for all of the young people within a system that isn't always so caring for them. I think it's really important when we think about high expectations to encourage students that their abilities in math will continue to grow over time and to continue to just focus on building the capacities within students and building the confidence. Welcome to IDRA's Class Notes Podcast. I am Dr. Stephanie Garcia. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kasia Razinska from MAEC. Kasia is the Associate Director of Evaluation and Continuous Improvement. And what we're doing today is we are going to debrief and have a conversation about our most recent IDRA newsletter article entitled, Five Best Practices That Add Women to the Equation, Preparing K-12 Girls for Mathematics. So let's get started,
1: Kasia. Let's talk about first why we chose that title. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Over the last couple decades, there has been a lot of research that proves that the aptitude of girls and boys to succeed in math is very, very similar. However, Rates of girls entering math professions and degrees in mathematics have been stagnant, and currently they're around 42% and have actually been decreasing slightly over the last two decades. Um, When we look at the rates of girls and women of color entering math fields, those rates are even more stagnant. Only 3% of math degrees were given to Latinas in 2019, and only 2% of the math degrees went to black women. So one of the big questions in the field has been what can be done to promote more female mathematicians. In order to help us answer this question, we delved into the Institutes of Educational Sciences Practice Guide that came out in 2007 that specifically looks at encouraging girls in math and sciences, and then looked at other resources that have come up since then to help identify practices that could encourage girls into mathematics and add them to the equation. Absolutely, and that was
0: a wonderful practice guide, and it had some really great practices overall. I think there were five best practices, and we wanted to focus on, in this podcast, three of the five because we don't have too much time to go over all of it, but feel free to refer back to our newsletter to read more. So one of the best practices to girls in mathematics is to teach students that they can expand and improve their mathematical abilities. So looking at having this asset-based mindset, you know, math gains coincide with high levels of student social support. So when you're thinking about the teacher on the teacher's side, having that pedagogy of care, you know, where you're able to support students in multiple ways and advocating for your students and for all of the young people within a system that isn't always so caring for them, right? And so having that pedagogy of care along with maintaining high expectations and encouraging their abilities in math, I think it's really important when we think about high expectations encourage students that their abilities in math will continue to grow over time, right? And to continue to just focus on building the capacities within students and building the confidence to face difficulties that are, you know, always present, right, in math. Just to encourage them and to build their confidence to continue to expand and that builds more of an inclusive atmosphere for all students not just girls right but definitely looking at the research that's something that does benefit girls especially girls of color so that's the first practice another practice that is encouraged is to spark interest and foster a mathematics identity so specifically leveraging student interest, identity, and sense of belonging in the classroom, math educators should embrace an authentic teaching approach that integrates a culturally relevant and responsive practice in the classroom, right? So looking at mathematics identity, it's something I'm really curious about, especially the STEM identity, math identity, and what does that mean and what does that look like, not just in K-12, through but beyond, too. It's just something fascinating for me. But... A robust mathematics identity helps build persistence in math, and it includes ensuring students have a positive self-concept and see how creative and relevant math is in their daily lives. You know, we're making this podcast today, and there's so many podcasts out there that talk about STEM in your daily life, and it's all around us. It's such a broad category, and it's present in our everyday lives, so just Leveraging that in the classroom, especially in mathematics, really helps spark their interest for the long term. Looking at Dr. Kalinick Craig's piece from 2017 on the rights of the learner in mathematics, that is a fascinating research article that talks about the ways in which teachers can elicit the ways children know, use, and learn mathematics. So it's really centering on the rights of the learner to express what they know, the best way that they know how. It's that growth and asset-based approach in the math classroom, and that's super important. What about expanding on the next one, Kasia?
1: Yes, I think that the last practice that we wanted to highlight today builds off of sparking interest and fostering a math identity, and that is making sure that girls are exposed to female role models. Research finds that a lot of times girls don't see themselves in math professions because of the stereotypes that exist in our society. The stereotype is that mathematicians tend to be men. And by not seeing themselves in the field, women oftentimes choose to pursue other careers where they feel that they are more valued or more needed or have a pension for. One way to counter this stereotype is to make sure that girls from an early age have access to women who have been successful in mathematical careers and careers that require a degree in mathematics. This not only combats the stereotypes, but it can also inspire students to persist to an end goal and see that a career in mathematics is possible. I myself benefited from this. I was one of those girls that feared going into mathematics because it, I thought it was a boy's career until in college I had a statistics teacher who was brilliant and inspired me to think that actually math and statistics is something that I am good at. So I definitely see the value of of having a strong female role model. But having that role model is not just something that can be done by schools. One of the best ways to make sure that girls have access to such role models is to make sure that it's something that's available both at home and within their community. That exposure should be connected to not just the classroom, but also to others who could help girls see themselves as potential future mathematicians. And I'm talking, of course, about parents, and I'm also talking about the community in general who can highlight women who are successful in mathematical fields. There is an intrinsic value of the home and, and the cultural knowledge that that makes it possible for girls to enter these careers if your parents are supportive and if they're encouraging you to do so. Awesome. Yeah, because all these
0: practices go beyond and extend beyond the classroom, right? And so the parents Going back to the the campus, everybody that's involved at the campus level, the administration, the campus staff, right, they can have a key role in creating a positive campus climate and culture that adds to all these things for students, Uh, teacher training, looking at industry, college, career, role models, as you already touched on, all of these people have a role in adding women to the equation in, in very tangible ways, right? And so these five practices encourage girls to pursue math professions, thus helping to close the gender gap in math careers. They foster girls' skills and beliefs about their own abilities and perceptions about the role of women in these professions. And if these are implemented effectively and consistently, these practices can improve the outcomes for all children, regardless of gender, race, language, or socioeconomic status. So I just thank you again for your time and thank you for listening and go look at our podcast to listen to the other best practices that are out there. And we have a ton of resources that are linked as well that can take you to um, many articles and different podcasts that can assist. Remember IDRA and MAUC both, we work with especially the EX South with IDRA. We work with schools to promote equity, among different areas such as race, national origin, religion, gender, sex, and so we provide technical assistance to schools To at the state and local level. We can help to provide different services based on the needs that are present at different campuses and districts. So feel free to call us and to uh, reach out to us if you are an educator in need of some of these services. Thank you for your time and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.